You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of round one of the 2024 MLS Fantasy season. This episode is brought to you by... Unfortunately, my brought to you by writer is on strike. So, uh, no, no, no. Uh, actually, brought to you by our amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon supporters. It's because of you that we're able to keep this project going. You can find out more about our Patreon project over at MLS, uh, sorry, at patreon.com slash MLSFI. There have been some small tweaks to the tiers, and uh, information is out there now. So, head over there if you want to learn how to support this podcast and the various projects that we have going on. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partner in fantasy, Ashley Savage. And we'd also like to welcome a familiar special guest uh, and a very familiar voice, uh, Blaine Riffle. How are you all doing tonight? I'm good. Sorry, I was talking to Skylar about the Sounders jerseys. Distracting. Hi, Lox. Way more important. Super Locks special guest. Oh, That's right. Lox is here. Sorry. Uh, I am here, and I'm so excited to be here because it's round one. It's opening day. It's like a you know, it's like Christmas morning for MLS fans and MLS fantasy fans. Absolutely, 100. percent We're happy to have Blaine with us. I know this year he's he's not going to be on the show quite as often as he was, but he was still able to make a special guest appearance for round one because we have a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to be talking. Uh, we're going to forego some of our usual. <laughs> Uh, discussion about the history of MLSFI to celebrate our 10th year, our 10th season. And Blaine has been involved for a lot of that. So happy to have him back on later in the season to, to reminisce with us because we want to talk about some uh, changes to the fantasy season. We want to talk about player price building, uh, resources that are available, and of course, all of the information you need to know and players that we're looking at going into round one. So we have a lot going on. Hello, everyone in chat. Hello, everyone listening to us. I look forward to hearing your questions as we go through this. And we're just going to get started right now. If you have been paying attention to me on Twitter, I already teased an article about this over at MLSFantasyBoss.com talking about some of the 2024 game changes. Uh, if you keep going there, uh, I'd like to announce officially that we have a new contributing author over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. And that is our good friend MLS Night Owl is uh, now writing some articles that we are also sharing at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Uh, great connection. I know he is over in England, and so he is uh, in a different time zone than we are, I believe he is. And uh, he is we're getting some good exposure and some great content from him over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. We'll also, of course, have the differentials coming back this year, as well as our Discord player poll that will be over there. But this article teased some of the game changes. And um, before I get to that, I'm just going to head and cover it because um, the game was launched on 214. And I know that there's been one big comment, and that is how quickly that turnaround was for, for players. And just I'll just say it right here, and we'll get over it. And that was just disappointing. It, it was so disappointing to have the game drop so late when so many people with part of the fun of fantasy is is building your, your first team and, and going through those versions and just sort of thinking about what's happening. Uh, it was just very disappointing for for that uh, late start and even for those of us who try to promote the game and mls itself with so little promotion just just a disappointing way to start the season but just saying that 
clearing the room because we are moving on. We are starting on Wednesday and we are ready to help you do as best as you can. We're not going to dwell, but there is one important thing you need to know because in the past there were not many changes and this one caught a lot of people off guard. And that is there have been player price changes and that's not their actual cost because that happens every year. It is how the players earn points. Probably could have said that better. My fault. Player point earning changes. So noteworthy changes that have happened. Uh, key passes have changed from getting one point for every uh, three to now getting one point for every four. So that's increased. Uh, getting one point for a big chance created is gone. Getting one point for shots on goal being blocked has has changed. It used to just say one point for blocks. And now it specifically says shots at goal. So that's a stat that we need to keep an eye on going forward. Uh, points for interceptions, gone. Points for tackles, gone. Points for recoveries, which really hits keepers, gone. Uh, a, a new point, though, we do now get a plus one for every aerial duel one. So that's, that's some new points there. Um, but having a minus one point for errors leading to a goal, gone. And mixed of feelings, maybe it's just on my part, we are no longer getting points, three points to be specific, for a second assist second assists are gone in the 2024 fantasy game i for one am thrilled by that because i have never liked second assists i know and will readily acknowledge that i am in the minority of that opinion but i just feel it's a garbage stat so uh, i am i am glad to see it gone but those are changes go go ahead i weigh in and also say i hate second assists i love them when they benefited me but as someone who started playing EPL fantasy and then transitioned to this, it's been like, you know, it feels like it's always felt like fake points, right? And there's a lot of second assists that aren't assisting (laughs) the goal, right? And so that I think was the hardest part about earning a second assist. It was fun, right? It was fun to get them. Um, But it didn't feel like you really earned a full three. Yeah, well, I agree that I don't like second assist. I will say the one criticism I've heard on this that I actually do agree with is second assists were what made our game unique compared to everything Absolutely. across the pond. Like it's every other league doesn't have it. No other fantasy game has it. We do. And it's what makes it unique. It makes it fun. And can we all have a moment of silence for the goalkeeper assist that is now gone? Sure. Never right. going to happen again. I mean, those it, were some of the highlights. Of, it, it I got one in totally the other day. It could happen, but it will be much less frequent. So those are some of the point changes. And uh, I wanted to give a big thanks right now to Brandon from the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord server. He uh, collected a lot of this stuff and uh, did some what he called back napkin math. So we, we don't have... Uh, proof to show this is actually playing out, but just by looking at stats from last year, how players were generating the points, positions they were playing, uh, just some quick math. It looks like that these changes are going to convert into about a, on average, 24% point reduction in what we saw last year for goalkeepers and for defenders. Some defenders, looking at lots of those those wingbacks and then second assists they were earning, goalkeepers being hit hard by recovery numbers, uh, about a 21% reduction on average for midfielders, again, situationally for the position that they play, uh, and potentially a, about a 4% increase for, for forwards. Um, probably looking mostly at some of the aerial duels there with them, but definitely hits the um, the point-earning potential of some players. 
RIP to any defensive midfielders uh, who could have been in the past looked at as maybe some some good consistent point sources during double game weeks. Pretty much a no show at all. Uh, now all of these sets I know you mentioned were it was things that were were unique. Some of them are all subjective. They were all provided by whomever the the stat provider was for MLS and how that was integrated into the fantasy system. I don't know anything for sure. I'm assuming there was some sort of change in either who gathered stats or how stats were gathered, and that's what's pushed into the fantasy game. So I don't know any details, but it is something that players are going to need to pay attention to. Just some general ideas of how you might see some of this impact. Looking at last year, goalkeepers like Clark, Berthy, McMath, uh, likely to see decreases due to some of these changes. Um, Looking over at defenders, people like Rodriguez, Waterman, likely to see stuff coming down. Um, A lot of those guys like Barial, Gressel, Lennon, Tolkien, these are guys who got a lot of points from second assists and some of these big chances created. And so that needs to factor in with how you're looking at these players building your first team right here. I already said D-mids, pretty much gone now because of this reduction. Attacking mids, your number 10s, could be okay uh, because of how they're playing, more likely to get those natural assists and some of the points right there. But um, maybe people like even Acosta could be impacted by this with some second assists and Espinosa maybe going down with some of these points. Um, and then finally, like I said, forwards, likely it looks like they're going to be okay. Traditionally, forwards tend to be very boom or bust anyway. If you do find forwards that do actually get traditional assists, I guess is what I should say. Those are the ones who have kind of stood out as more consistent fantasy point getters, but uh, a lot of them boom or bust as they always have been. So again, a big shout out to Brandon. collecting that information this has been a big topic of discussion within the fantasy community want to make sure that it's the first thing that we covered so that people know uh, that it's changed and it will impact how you are are going to build your season can i give a little uh easter egg into something that i'll talk about when we get into player picks which is and i'm not going to go into too big of a tangent on this i know we got a lot of stuff to cover but um when i first read through all of this my first reaction was, oh, wingbacks are dead. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily going to be the case, like, by and large or universally. Um, but I do think some of these changes will benefit center backs, aerial duels specifically. Um, you know, there were a lot of what felt like random, but not if you really dove into the data, bonus points created by wingbacks and center backs last year that I think wingbacks won't get as much under this new point system, but center backs will. And so as someone who would live and die by a wing back, um, reading through this data, especially for week one, too, has kind of made me rethink um, who who will get the most bonus points in a defensive system that may or may not get a shutout, right? Because sometimes we pick up a defender knowing they probably won't get a shutout or maybe they won't get a shutout, but they've been producing bonus points. I think that this system will benefit center backs more than it has benefited benefited wing backs in the past. And this is not yeah. the first time we've seen point changes. I mean, back in the day with Blaine and I and Ashley and some of the other people who have been in this for a while, remember, uh, defenders used to get points from a combined clearances, mm-hmm. blocks, and intersections, a CBI stat that was just a bread and butter for defenders when all those, like, yeah. it was six equaled one. And so everything yeah. just added up so quickly and it was, yes. and it was amazing. So yeah. not the first time, but definitely something for everyone I to think, know. I think the big one for me, the one thing that I, pull, I pulled almost instantly <laughs> was D-mids are dead at this point. 
They were dying like, breed already, at least. Yeah, they, they are officially dead. The like the, the the two biggest stats that a D mid needed was passing and tackles. Mm-hmm. You expect them to get in there and disrupt. You expect them to get a lot of the ball. Ilya was a great one for that. He got a lot of the ball. He got a lot of the passing. He picked up a few tackles or interceptions throughout the the game. That's what he did. He kind of disrupted. He can't get interceptions. He can't get tackles now. And now every four tackle or fouls he commits is a minus one on top of that. So not only do you have these guys still going for their tackles, they get no bonus point to offset the new negative for fouls committed. And we're talking the position that has Avi Alonso and Roger Espinoza, who are just absolute destroyers out there. These guys are going to be picking up negatives, honestly, more than they could pick up positive bonus points going forward. And I just, you're going to have to stay away from it. And to go with that, the loss of second assist plus all of this, I think your second playmakers are also going to see a massive hit. The drop off sure. between what we, oh, I can't, I'm trying, I'm struggling to come up with two of them, but uh, Pereira and uh, Facundo Torres, both midfielders out of Orlando. Facundo, if he's going to get a lot of the ball, that second guy that's working with him, there's no second assists for him now. There, we're losing a lot of that potential where you had a good link-up play, whoever's playing right behind the lead playmaker is just going to struggle without that three-point infusion from a second assist. I think we're going to see a big change or a big gap between your premium forwards and your next best price point. Sure. And it's going to really make this early season tough. Yeah. I mean, not tough, but it'll be different. No, tough. (laughs) Two things can be true. Sure. All right. Well, that was the quick preview that we wanted to give for that. Uh, we're going to definitely have that part of our conversation going forward when we talk about our player picks. Uh, but first, we're going to get into some of the, the must-know housekeeping items to get you ready for round one right after this. All right, and welcome back to the housekeeping section for our round one preview, the opening round of the 2024 MLS Fantasy game. Uh, Just some quick updates right here. First, on the MLS Fantasy Insider side, uh, as I said at the top of the show, the uh, Patreon updates have been pushed out. There have been some small tweaks to the patron tiers, mostly focusing on who has access to the prize league, the the exclusive Patreon prize leagues. those league, uh, those links went out on Saturday or Sunday. I think I think it was uh, on Sunday for uh, the head-to-head league and the open league. Uh, one of the, the head-to-head being the prize league and the open one not. Uh, so please go check your tier for the eligibility and those links that are right there. If you are not a patron, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash MLSFI and find out there. Also an update, uh, patrons, if you forgot, get priority access to any vacant spots in the MLS Fantasy Boss Pro-Rel League system uh, that is based upon your supporter tier as well, who gets first shot, who gets second shot, and then it goes out to our wait list and then everybody else is how that works. Speaking of the MLS Fantasy Boss Pro-Rel League system, uh, all invites for the four main leagues went out on Saturday, uh, and I gave everyone until Monday to join the league because pretty much after the podcast tonight, I'm going to start going through, and if uh, you're not there, I'll look for potential promotion opportunities from the league below you. 
and uh, then just start adding our patrons and start adding our wait list and then adding anybody else who would like to participate in the system. So if you tried to get in and you're not able to get in, I gave you a shot. I spent several hours going over uh, the information from last year, the information from two years ago, just to try to find as many emails and information, Twitter messages, uh, DMs on Discord, emails, anything like that that I could try to find um, with the limited information that I can collect about team names and, and player names and manager names. Uh, I, I did everything I could to try to, to get there. And so um, everyone has their shot. So yes, Monday's the deadline. And then I'm going to start filling up the Pro Rel leagues right there. Again, first shot goes to the patrons that we have right there. Uh, if you think you should have gotten an email, I sent the email that I had on file. If you think you should have gotten an email for one of the main four leagues, uh, the Champions League, Veterans, Homegrown, and Development League, uh, then you can send me a, a DM on Twitter, a DM in Discord, and let me know. And I can double check what I have, but we're going to be trying to move fast to meet the Wednesday deadline for games starting. Uh, as a reminder, Champions League, we have 30 teams participating, and that is a prize league there for the top three. Uh, Veterans League also has 30 teams. Homegrown League has 40 teams. Then Development League, I expanded it to 60 teams this year just to make sure we could get as many people involved as we could. After that, we do have the Fantasy Combine, which is the wait list that helps fill spots after our patrons. So definitely check that out. Uh, speaking of the other MLS Fantasy Boston Network of leagues, uh, we have the Discord open and the Discord head-to-head -head leagues that are posted. You can find that information pinned in the main MLS section of the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord chat. That's also over at MLSFantasyBoss.com in the recommended leagues section. Uh, of those, the open league is the prize league because uh, you can only have 200 members in a head-to-head -head league, and we have more than 200 members in our Discord. So that's an awesome thing, uh, but that means it is the open league that is the prize league for Discord. And of course, as always, we will be having back our MLS Fantasy Insider Experts Invitational. It's the annual league with some of the best players, frequent MLS Fantasy Insider guests, uh, podcast personalities, and of course, the MLSFI crew that you see right here are participating in that, as well as our contributors there. Um, we're happy to have uh, Matt Doyle and uh, Andrew Weeby, and I believe Ben Bear, I haven't checked recently, to coming into uh, the league. So we're playing against MLS personalities as well, and former MLS personalities. Uh, as well as several podcasters who are joining us this year. And so it's going to be fantastic for everyone who participates in that. Uh, and I look forward to giving you the updates as we go through there. I'm very proud that MLS Fantasy Boss is still offering four prize leagues. And uh, I know there was a little tease at the beginning of the season that maybe there'd be some support for larger leagues with prizes. And then that went away, some mistake. So maybe next year, maybe next year we'll see. But yes, four prize leagues. So that's enough about leagues. All that's going to come out. Look forward to participating with everyone who wants to do that. But what do you need to know about round one to make sure that you get off to the right start? Well, we've been preaching this for three weeks now. So with hope, it's not new for everyone. But for those of you who don't know that this is helpful information. Uh, round starts on Wednesday, February 21st uh, That at 8 o'clock with Miami versus Real Salt Lake. This is a Wednesday start, which means this is a double game week which means that uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun and interesting. Uh, for the double game week info, we have, of course, Miami and Real Salt Lake who are playing a double. Neither of those two teams are both playing at home. Real Salt Lake is playing two road games, and then Miami is splitting one at home and one on the road. They're actually bookending the entire round if you look at the, the game sets up. 
Uh, of the teams that are playing, Vancouver is on a bye uh, with the number of teams that we have. Unless it's a double, get used to that. A big double, get used to that. Um, usually we'll have a team on the bye, which is going to be fantastic for our switcheroos, um, which I just dropped a new video over at MLS Fancy Boss for how to switcheroo 2024. Uh, check that out if this is a new term for you. Uh, and just because only one team has a double game week officially in MLS and in fantasy, it doesn't mean that only two teams are only playing two games this week. Uh, because of the CONCACAF Champions League, we have several other MLS teams who are playing uh, this week and so essentially is a double game week for them. And so be sure to keep an eye on starting lineups for those teams in case anyone is getting rested or, heaven forbid, anyone gets hurt. Uh, those teams are St. Louis versus Houston, so they're playing each other. Uh, Philadelphia is away, and those are both on uh, February 20th. And then on February 21st, we have New England on, on, on a road game and Orlando playing a road game. And then on February 22nd, we have Nashville playing away and Cincinnati playing at home. So that's all falling around uh, the MLS Fantasy first round. Uh, of course, the Wednesday game is Fantasy, and then everything else is Saturday and Sunday for the official Game, so you should be able to see what happens from those CONCACAF Champions Cup games. And I want to add that. that these away games are international games. So they are, yes. For me, maybe I'm already overthinking, but I just I just want to point out that for me, that international travel on a Wednesday with a Saturday or Sunday play is definitely weighing in, and we'll get into that in players' picks. But, um, you know, it's important to check those lineups and check those game results. Because uh, you'll have time to set all but the Miami and Salt Lake players before the weekend after these double teams have already played in the non-MLS games. I love Patrick's comment in chat right now that I just saw. $100 million is not enough money. It, it seems so little after we finish the season with, with so much money and, and money yeah. is no longer an object. But yeah. it's always a challenge for that first team and so much fun. Uh, normally in this section segment of the show, we would go through the injuries and suspension list that we have. Fortunately, we don't really have a lot to share with you at this time uh, since mm -hmm. the season has not really gotten started yet. However, we have a couple little things as reminders. Um, players like Mac Miazga, Mark Anthony Kay, um, Rodrigo Schlegel, Orlando, New England, and Cincinnati are going to be suspended at the pardon. Wagner's got rescinded. Good. And are going to be suspended at the start of the season for several games. Uh, I know we have Miazga out until round three. I think I have to double check that because I think he served one of his three game suspensions during MLS Cup. So it may only You're be correct. two for, mm -hmm. for him. So a uh, couple of players who are going to be out at the beginning of the year, but not a lot. You can check out all of these injuries, suspensions, calls up, all of the craziness over at the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord community in our Fantasy Tools section. There is the Mega Reference updated for 2024, which is a player community curated document that helps track all of this stuff so that you can be on point for what happens. It'll even have sections for set piece takers and for players who are in the game, but no longer in MLS. So you have guaranteed scrubs to help activate all of your switcheroos and autoroos and keeperoos. Uh, so yeah, not a whole lot to cover right there. But again, if you don't know what the auto route switcheroo or keeper route is, you can go over to MLSFantasyBoss.com. And actually, no, it's at the YouTube course right now. It's just at the MLS Fantasy Boss YouTube account. I've not posted it yet on the website, but I just dropped a new video uh, explaining uh, how to keep a route, switcheroo and auto route for the 2024 season. All right, that's the housekeeping. Make sure you keep those things in mind as you're building your team. Otherwise, you'll be in for a very 
uh, unhappy start to the season. Um, but we're now going to jump into the players that we are targeting for round one right after this. All right, welcome back to our final segment, uh, talking about the players who we are targeting for round one. Super important discussion to help start your round off early. Of course, uh, there are multiple ways to play fantasy. We're not here to tell you how to play it. However, we do want to point out the importance of building value because unlike other fantasy systems, especially fantasy premier league, um, you have unlimited picks. You can change your team each week. And that means as players value increases, you just bank that essentially into your budget and building value can be such an important part of this game. Traditionally, Blaine has given us a lot of information and some recommendations about building value. An abbreviated conversation is what we'll have tonight. However, I actually killed it last year in building team value. So uh, I'm not going to let this just be a comment from Blaine, but Blaine and Ashley, uh, feel free to kick us off and just some initial tips and considerations that players need to have for helping build their value at the start of the fantasy season. Yeah. So Conventional wisdom that we've put out in this game, and Ashley may contradict me here because she did better at it than we did last year. But what we found kind of rough numbers because we don't have all the algorithm behind it. Um, week one is the most potential value loss you will face all season. The more high high point guys you or high price guys you grab, the more chance you have of actually losing value on your team overall. We've kind of figured up that you need to get between like 0.8 and one point per million to maintain value. Now I'm going to put the elephant in the room right now. Messi is 10 million and the most expensive player in the game. That means for Messi to keep his value, he needs to score about eight points a game in these first two. That's just to make no 16 point. Yeah. No, he needs to score five points per game. No, no, no because it's, Game. It's a three-game rolling average. It's two games added to his average. Each so one can score 30 points across three games, but for this round, we're talking a five and a five respectively. No, it's but it's not by round, actually. It's by game. So this is two games in one round, but this counts two games of his average. He needs to score about 16 points for this round to hope to maintain. Are you sure it's not a round average? No, it is it is not round. It is game by game. You're sw- he's switching out two thirds of his pre pre programmed data in there. With the closest we've gotten, this is a great conversation. I love this conversation. The closest we have figured up is a guy that starts off at eight million is going to be basically pre filled in with scores in his three week rolling average of about eight points a game. So his three week average is going to be eight. That means Messi at ten. His three week average is going to be ten. If he gets two low score, two lower scores. His three week average is going to dip below his price, and then his price is going to start bottoming out. That means your guys that are four point five, five, five point five that are starting. A lot of your defenders here have the most potential to go up. If they hit a clean sheet, they're almost surely getting a price rise. If they pick up a few bonus points and maintain, they're going to get a price rise. This is the week where it gets crazy. You can. If you swing and miss on some big players, I have seen value overall team value drop week one because of that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of conventional wisdom. So for me, I'm actually looking at a team of 8 million and less players. Patrick said, oh, we need more money. And I'm like, I don't want more money on week one. I would rather fill up a bench a little bit more, grab some other players, try to build my value that way. 
I'm mitigating my risk by taking guys that need lower scores in order to maintain their value. But that's kind of the conventional wisdom. That's in a nutshell without going into too much detail. You're looking for guys that can give you points equal to their price mm -hmm. in order to hope to maintain or about 0.8. I'd say about 80% of your price in points is about the maintain point. If you don't think the guy's going to get that, expect to lose value. So to, so to counterpoint, um, to score points, it is difficult to build a whole team just, just to like give both sides of the advice, right? For anyone who's new to playing or hasn't played super seriously in the past, price value building is super important so you can buy the players everybody wants um, as we go throughout the season. However, you if you care about Champions League or head-to-heads or league winning or anything like that, to comp- there's a there's a middle ground to this because if you fill your team and you have a if you have a bank of more, I'm gonna say from my perspective, right? If you have a bank of more than a million, when you're done with your team on week one, you're not winning a head-to-head. You're not you're not gonna in that week top of your league. You're not doing anything to benefit yourself in a standing but you might have the biggest bank to your buck right to to end that week your team might be worth more than everybody else i didn't make champions league last year until the fourth round but i had more money than most people i knew but that wasn't intentional right like i wanted to make champions league we you know round one so I did a variation of point grabbing and money ga- grabbing. And I do think that there's a way to do that, right? I agree with you, Blaine, that if you stack your midfield with Mukhtar, Lucho, you know, Heel and Gazdag, the odds of all of those high-priced players hitting their, their points necessary to maintain or rise in value, that's a tough ask. But when you're grabbing, you know, Joe Schmo random Austin defender who isn't supposed to start or Matt Miazga's replacement who's probably cheap or whatever right um that's where you're going to get a price range money is important but so are points and so the way that the way that I kind of tackle this and again this is just how I do it I'm not trying to like disagree or like give crazy advice I try to ride the middle I try to have a solid couple solid midfielders a a solid striker or two and then everyone else that just plays i personally don't do a keeper and i don't have a scrub for the first couple weeks that's just a a tactic that i try to work out and i've made that work with a couple different lineups already my bench is all guys who jesus if they hit i'm shocked but i know that they'll play 4.5 defenders 4.0 defenders a five point or 5.5 midfielder Everyone that's starting for me is someone who I expect to get more than minutes played, right? And I'm going to have some expensive players in there too because I expect them to live up to their price tag, right? And so it can be kind of tricky to find that middle ground, but I do think that for the scheme of the season, that's the best way to do it. Um, But it can't, you know... Sometimes it's also not like a tactic we often use to not have a scrub, right? So this this is just the way that I have liked to do it. This is the way I did it last year, and it really worked for me. That was the definitely the best 
financial season I've had in some time. Um, but it's also this week, the next three rounds really, right? Cause that's, as we look at these three game values is the most important time to check lineups and to really look not just at who's starting, but look at who's starting and then look at them in fantasy. Is there a random 4.0 defender that has a decent matchup, right? Um, you know, that that is going to start and should get a price raise because they're cheap. If you just go for points, you're going to have a bench full of nobodies and your team's not going to go up in value, right? So like, I'm not, I'm not in any way preaching that, but I do think that there's a good middle um, that comes with throwing budget picks on a bench, starting a couple, and then still spending some money. But from, from my perspective, at least, if you have more than a million, I'd maybe counter at 1.5, but even that feels too much. In the bank, week one, you've undershot your team. Like you've undershot it as far as point production, at least with how things are priced this year. Yeah, thanks for that insight. Uh, it's going to be interesting to go ahead the season. We'll keep this conversation going. Just so everyone knows, the official language used by the fantasy game says that player price changes based on a formula that considers past performance. Every game that the player plays is taken into account. To that point, Ashley and Blaine were talking about earlier uh, in the calculation of their price with a slight a sliding scale of weights. The most recent game receives the highest weight. So we said three games. Traditionally, it's been sort of a three and five-ish game week average. Usually we're looking at three games with uh, more weight being put on the first round. We don't know the actual calculation. So that's where some of the fun comes in and is part of, of this discussion. But that is officially what's there. Value is important. We will talk about that more later. But now let's talk players, starting as always with keepers and defenders. Ashley, kick us off and chat. Who are you considering? So I'm just going to give the heads up that I went deep into value picks for defenders. Um, I am torn about how these new point guidelines will will affect defenders. Um, when I looked at the MLS matchups and thought, oh, I like this defense or I like this defense and who they've been starting for preseason games, most of those teams were playing midweek in Champions Cup. So not to say that you have to rule those players out, but I went on kind of a mini tangent today as I was going through some stuff. So Let's start by saying I'm going calendar or McMath for sure. Um, I'm putting that keeper on my bench and I'm picking a single game week keeper that will play after probably Galese from, from my viewing. And I'm sure I've missed one and someone can tell me. Um, he is the cheapest, which is crazy, um, 6.0 keeper uh, that plays after RSL is done uh, that I would consider using. Now, if you go with calendar, you're playing in the last game of the weekend. So that kind of limits your option there. I'm leaning McMath for that reason, right? RSL two road games, not something I usually like, but that keeper is going to be on my bench and I'm only going to slot him in with a keeper if he hits well. Otherwise, I'm going to start Galece for the price rise, okay? Um, now, when we get into defenders... Um, I kind of go on a tangent here. So I definitely want a double game with defender because I'm doing big math. I am leaning more towards an inner Miami defender. I've always liked DeAndre Yedlin. Um, I liked him last season once the team got a little bit better. However, he's 6.0 and he's playing in a wingback position and he's not the most attacking wingback in that system. Gressel is. So 
I'm not quite sure that that's where I'll land. Both Kristoff and Aviles, the center backs, are relatively cheap. Aviles is six, but Kristoff was a decent bonus point producer last season with contributions that aren't affected by the rule changes, and he's 5.5. So for me, that's a better choice. Um, And they're both, you know, they're all doing a double. So that's where I'm leading with the doubles. I like McGraw for Portland as well at a 5.5. Um, no other reason than I just think that that matchup is favorable. They have a new keeper. Craig Poe is fantastic. Um, they're missing a little bit in that back line, but for a 5.5 and for a center back, a strong, tall center back, I think that these point, you know, producing changes will benefit him. Um, and then everything else, I guess I should say, um, Mbizo as the starting right wing back for Philly, who, yes, I know travels, but they're playing in a decent matchup um he's only 5.5 which felt cheap for philly defense i know he wasn't the most point producing Ragnar produces a lot of the points on the other side of the field um but that felt like a like a good price for a value defender that should play both games right um and like i said now just appease me for a second as i go just really deep (laughs) into some some budget picks that have stood out to me um so uh Milanda or Privet both 4.5 and center backs are who should start for Charlotte um <laughs> Charlotte has a has a decent matchup um where they are playing at home against NYCFC which is not necessarily a team I bet against but is a team that I'm not quite sure how they're going to play. Charlotte is, you know, historically a team that isn't necessarily a favorable shutout team. However, um, with a good goalkeeper and a decent back line, they've been all right. They're cheap defenders that should start. So those are two people that I'm definitely paying attention to. Um, for Austin, due to injury and also just readjustment, uh, Burrow, a 5.5 wing back, should be starting for them. And then this one, I know I'm going to say wrong, and I just am going to apologize out of the gate. Um, Vasanen is a, the 5.0 center back that should be starting for them due to injury. Um, again, Austin is a, is a team with a matchup that isn't necessarily one I would always bet against. Minnesota can be a good road team, but if they're going to start and they're relatively inexpensive, then that's something I'm here for. Uh, Corsa for FC Dallas is starting at left center back and he's 4.5. Uh, definitely a bench play that I'm considering. This one will destroy me, but uh, Hinestroza is a 5.5 Columbus defender. Thank you, Tyler, Um, who is playing in an attacking midfield role, but is listed as a defender. He's new, and we say this like it could be a drinking game, but I don't really love picking new players until I know how they are. Uh, However, positionally how he's looking for an at-home Columbus team that I very, very much like against an on-the-road Atlanta team that I'm not quite sure, um, you know, is something that I'm paying attention to. It's definitely not, of all the 5.5s I'm looking at, he's not the one I'm favoring the most, but I want to see how he slots in in that lineup and where he starts uh, to see if he's someone that I really want to pay attention to. And then the other defenders, Reed, I'm going to kind of hit you at a give and take here um it looks like fc cincinnati at least for round one should have some cheap defender options and i'm wondering if you have any 
kind of input on that since that those are your guys. It looks like Halsey, who's a 4.0, should be starting at right back. I'm not quite sure who will be starting for Miazga, but it looks like Murphy will might fill that role at right center back at 5.5, which is also generally cheap. Um, I know that they have a road game, but they have an extra day's rest. A 4.0 starting midfielder for one of the better attacking teams at home against Toronto. Do you have any kind of input on if Halsey will or won't start? And if he does, is that a defender? We kind of had this conversation last year when Arias started popping in on the right. You know, um, what are are your thoughts there? Because he's one of the only 4.0s that is in a good matchup. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I I think that one's really going to have to be a lineup decision. He very well could start yeah. came from MLS next pro. So, I mean, a good depth signing right there. Powell, I mean, Gaddis is gone. That that's why we've had to, to do this is, is old man Ray forever. Tuck um, is <laughs> love it. Love him is, yeah. is gone. Uh, Powell has often been a sub in those situations. I've never been a fan of Powell. I mean, ever since, since his first season as a, as a defender playing forward, yes, one, but yeah. never been a big fan of him. So would love for him to start there on the right and just really see some more exposure there on, on the wing. But I think if we're talking about wing backs with, with Cincinnati, people are likely looking more at Barial, but don't forget the impact of the second assisted big chances created. I think that really does impact the potential that a lot mm-hmm. of these players can can uh, generate 4.0 starting defender correct like, correct you're, you're banking on the clean sheet at that point is, yeah. is what you're going for there for for the center backs my money would be more on keller starting not murphy uh, uh, I, mean, I think murphy will be there too i mean i think it'll be uh robinson and murphy and then either keller or hagland um is this what i would would see there i mean hagland's been there the longest he may, he may just get it as well but i mean keller i thought was a great depth signing right there and so he, he could, yeah he could easily be there as well so one of those two guys i think would would slide and so again you're just gonna have to see what the lineup is uh with with the midweek game and then coming in there and seeing what's going to happen some of that's going to play into into effect as well there could be you could look to see maybe get subbed on during mm-hmm. the midweek game and get an idea of okay maybe that guy's just kind of getting some reps in for for that but i mean i think that one's just going to have to be the game day announcement and with that strategy having to be a sunday game for me i would pick I would give at least a 5.5 in the budget, right? And I would start that FC Cincinnati defender so that if they're not starting, I can scrub them and against my own advice, carry a scrub, right? Because it's a a Sunday game. But I do like that there are good, cheap, um, you know, defensive options on a team. And I'm not belittling the, the... value of that defense by saying that there's some do you know what i mean it's still some yeah cheap no 100 i mean and, and having nashville there i think helps too because they've got some players i think factor well into that but i don't want to jump into that too quickly because i want to give blaine a chance to talk about his his picks tangent over <laughs> i think i'm just going to continue the tangent right i like the way ashley kind of worded that and the way she kind of shotgunned out a whole bunch of options and i've been looking at it a little bit differently um i'm going to triple up on double game week guys I think it's just bread and butter points at this point. Uh, Glad and Silva, I think you're going to get the most work out of RSL. I think that's where your bonus points could be. I just think that's it. I'll take whoever starts in Miami that's cheap. I'm hoping it's Kristoff. That's who I've got in there now. Um, 
MLS has been talking up this new guy for Ari or whatever as supposed to be a monster signing at center back, but he didn't really play in preseason. I don't know what's up on that. Nobody really has him in that depth chart, but he's supposed to be good and everybody's talking about how good he's supposed to be. Um, and then I'm also on calendar, but that may switch over to McMath. It's just going to be, what do I do with the third, either Miami or RSL spot? Which one do I want more forward players from? How do I want to work and try to get three guys from each team on my team? Because I think there are steady bonus points to be had in a couple of these positions. And I will take double game week bonus point producers early in the season just to see what happens. Um, But then I'm like, do I want to run three defenders and try to put two scrubs in there and run some Maroos? Do I want to throw in some value picks that I think have a good potential for week one? put them on my bench and try to grab some price rises. Um, and there are some, some names out there. Um, Camacho's one, I think will benefit massively in Columbus from the new rules. I just, I think he's a guy that's going to get that. Um, Reese is another one out in New York city that I think could be there. And I like his matchup uh, this week. It is a road game, but they're facing Charlotte. I think that's a pretty decent clean sheet chance. Um, I have I had Glessness in there as well. He's one of the ones I've got shortlisted to make my team. I just again I like the matchup. I like the way he plays. I think this would be good. Ashley already talked about McGraw, who I think is a great pick for the new rules. Um, Maher is going to be a cheap one out in Nashville. If you like Nashville's defense and don't want to pay for Zimmerman, Maher looks like he's locked down that second center back spot and could be huge. Um, I'm really tempted with the new rules to grab somebody from Houston. I don't know who's going to start. It doesn't look like Starez has been in there, but Starez is the prototype of what I would want in a week like this. Big likes to go up and get balls off of guys, uh, just can do the work. If he's not starting, I could switch to another one. But the way sporting plays, this is matchup dependent. Lots of wide play, lots of crosses into the box, tons of chances to get those aerials and clearances get what bonus points still exist. So I think Houston's defenders, center backs, have a great shot at scoring some points. And for the same reason, I don't think I'm taking him this week, but Rosero from Kansas City is another one that shows up. Big guy, athletic, likes to go get the ball out of the air. I think those are the guys you want to start targeting early in the season until we figure out fully how these points are going to shake out. And a lot of these guys are coming in that 5.5 range. So you can get a good defender with the potential for more bonus points in the new rules and try to come out ahead there. And I think you get ahead of this and just I'm playing it safe. I'm looking at guys that I think are going to get the bonus points and I'm going to try not to lose my shirt on all of these wingbacks that I just don't know if the points are still going to be there. I wish I had a list of all the guys who got recovery bonus points regularly from that wingback position that are just, they're gone. We have a 2023 stats link over in the mega reference section. Oh, sorry, the fantasy tool section of the Most Fantasy Boss Discord. Shameless plug right there. Sorry. Uh, no, you guys have touched on so many of the players. I don't. I don't have uh, a lot to to add in there. I know that we talked about Mara. Also, uh, McNaughton may be starting right there. I think those guys are both point five point five. Uh, for Nashville so I think that plays in nicely with the Cincinnati discussion like you you could have a combination of Nashville Cincinnati guys I think works well um, in that mix right there for for me I had this on McMath 
for most of the days since this yep. has been open. But as I sat down and when I was running with uh, McMath, we were, of course, all using our favorite Vancouver keeper um, as as our keeper room, Max Anchor, anchoring the spot right there. If you saw my post on Twitter, why is Max Anchor the second most owned keeper in fantasy? And it's simply because they're on a buy yep. and uh, yep. you can save money right there. But it also lets you use a keeper as we've mentioned here. Uh, and so that's that's why he's there. So if you're new, that that may look strange, but that's why you see a lot of these cheap guys at the top of the ownership right now. Um, but as I as I looked at the team, I thought to myself, where do I want these bonus points to come in with the changes that have happened um, to the system? Where, where did I think um, that was going to fall? Uh, and I wanted some more defenders that were going to be generating points. And I decided that I um, would rather have a real salt Lake defender in that mm-hmm. spot than have a real salt Lake keeper um in that spot and so for me i wanted to go over glad because he's a center back he's been threats on set pieces potentially get some of those aerial duels and so mm-hmm. i sacrificed having mcmath in the back which gave me as you had mentioned ashley the ability to preview all of the points from yep. mcmath before deciding if i wanted to go with someone like celentano yeah uh or willis for for that backup um in order to have a real salt lake player at defense midfield and forward so i ended up going with calendar because of that because i was more willing to sacrifice uh either a potential midfielder for miami or a defender for miami than i was for some of what i thought were maybe more consistent bonus points with with justin glad so definitely going with justin glad right there uh looking at mcgraw myself uh, I'm I'm doing some juggling with some Cincinnati players who I want as well because I definitely want to take advantage of, of what I view as a poor Toronto team. Um, I like some of the options that we have in uh, in Nashville as well. Um, but you guys have touched on a lot of those players. Fantastic shout out, Ashley, for the value players. That will be so important as we go forward. Be sure everyone listening to check out the MLS Fancy Boss Discord in our lineup section because that that will be updated as lineups come out and that will be important as we see what actually happens the day of these games. Uh, but chat agrees very much with us at what we've talked about. Uh, Murphy Jones. Um, some people are saying Vela may start over Silva, so we'll see what happens right there. But um, a lot of agreement there with who people are are looking at as well. So let's move on. Now to our midfielders uh, going into round one. If you're in chat, please do share who you are looking at. And Belaine has just stepped away. So Ashley, feel free to kick this one off again. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there are a couple RSL options, I should say. I am a weird Diego Luna person. I don't know what it was. I liked him last year. Um, He's a little high at seven, if I'm being completely honest, with... Ruiz, kind of a proven fantasy pick at 7.5. Um, Diego Luna felt, felt high at 7, but I'm in. I'm in. I'm interested. He's on a double. He has neck tattoos that I hate. This is my guy. Um, honestly, he, I think he was one of the first people on my team besides Messi. So um, I think it it should be him or P. Ruiz, Paris, as I like to call him, um, if you're if you're going RSL midfield. And then I think you also have a couple of options at – inner Miami midfielders. So I think 
Gomez is a great value pick as he's 5.5 and he should start over um, because Gregor left. He should be the, the depth chart player for Gregor. Um, but then I also think Taylor uh, at 7.5 is, is an interesting choice. It just depends on how you feel about Miami. I feel like people are very, they're going to be terrible or they have messy, so they'll be great. So it just kind of depends on where you fall. I like a double, right? Um, I can't remember. I said this last week. I can't remember the last time we had a double on opening week. So I'm I'm investing in this double as much as I feel comfortable. So one of those two players is definitely going to make my team. Um, another value player that I like is Ronnie Clough for Charlotte. He should start. He should he should play. Is he going to get a goal and assist? I don't know. Probably not. But he's five point five, and he's going to end up on my bench, right? Um, that's another player that I, that I kind of like, um, just for value, um, for money spending, um, there's two players that I'm looking at. I want Lucho. Um, I like Lucho. He's a reigning MVP. Uh, he does have to travel midweek, but I like his matchup so much that depending on how that game goes, I mean, he was an instant slot for me, but I understand you know, kind of the chatter that, well, he's playing a double game week. He's traveling internationally. Um, just because he plays on Sunday isn't really that much of a difference. So that's something I'm kind of trying to weigh out. But I like that matchup enough that I think Lucho, of all of the high-priced midfielders, should be in consideration. I'm not considering, you know, like the Almadas or the Heels or or the Mukhtars or anything like that. For me, um, for the, for the high-priced midfielders this week, it's Lucho or hear me out. I talked about this in my Eastern in our Eastern conference preview, but I'm very here for Forsberg from Red Bull. Red Bull is going to Nashville who are playing midweek um, and definitely had some defensive struggles last year. They did not bring in anybody that made me feel any more confident in their defense in this off season. Bless you. So, that's a player that I really have liked in preseason and the things that I've seen. He's only 8 million, which I say only because I'm just talking about our, our higher valued middies, right? Um, he's definitely a player that I'm considering, um, even with the road start. And again, I'm breaking our own rule, which is we don't pick up new players until they show us what they've done. Um, but I just kind of like him. So it, it's on my radar. It's it's something that I'm playing with. Uh, and then, again, not to continue to put Reed on the spot here with his FC Cincinnati insider takes, but um, looking through some preseason games and some preseason articles the past couple of days, I saw that Valenzuela, who is a 4.0 midfielder, had been getting a lot of playing time in FC Cincinnati preseason games. Um, he seemed like a depth signing and not necessarily someone that was like supposed to play clearly with his price point. Um, but if I see that name at that price starting, he's going on my bench for sure. Um, so I don't know if you have seen anything else, I, you know, I'm, we'll get to this in forwards, but Corey Baird's pricing is obscene to me. I'm not a big Corey Baird fan. <laughs> um, and I'm not like, I don't want that to sound like I'm going after anybody. Like I'm very, very appreciative of everything that goes into how the pricing works and who does that. I love Skyler. I don't ever want him to take shit for these types of like comments. But Corey Baird at 7.0 is insane to me. 
Bupenza looks great, but FC Cincinnati, even with the glory that is Lucho, right, um, is going through a turnover when it comes to, like, the striker position. So uh, I think it's an offense I still I still like. They seem to be doing pretty well in preseason scoring goals. They're not struggling to score goals still. Um, but have you been paying attention to that read at all? Do you know who I'm talking about? Is that something that is on your radar at all? It's not on my radar. No, no. I know who you're talking about 18-year-old who was signed. Um <laughs> I mean, some of the reports have him slotting in as like a backup for Lucho. And so I, I, I can't imagine that that would actually uh, happen. I, I actually loved when Barial was moving into that position more than, than he did. Uh, I, I have taken that one as more time for a youth player during this preseason time at uh, the season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that is one thing. Um, we did see some youth players get rotated in throughout the season yeah. at various times, whenever it made yeah. sense to get to get some of that um on a double game week though maybe um maybe maybe. i mean if if there's a lead and there's some opportunity near the end of a game you could see someone come in i don't see that as a starting sort of sort of role so that's not one that i would be looking toward for for potential value that we'd have right there uh that's all that's all i got um you were you were away so we started with that i didn't say it i didn't say it sorry he's my highest pointed He's my highest price midfielder that I like this week. Sure. Miami's second game out at home. Yeah, I Lucho was one of the first guys I added. And mm. then I was like, well, I don't like the money. I don't like the risk. I don't think this one's much of a risk because of Toronto. Just the way they're playing, the way their preseason looked. I mean, they had closed door scrimmages, preseason games, didn't want results or lineups getting out. I think Toronto's back to being the Toronto we all know and love from the previous decade, from before Giovinco, when they bought their mm-hmm. trophies. Um, this, I hate to say it, but Toronto is a poorly run organization, has been the entire yeah. time. They bought their trophies, and outside of bringing in a couple of guys who were able to carry the team beyond what the ownership can do, they're a perennial cellar dweller, and I think they're headed right back for that. I don't know if a couple of big names can carry in the modern MLS the way it's going. So picking against them is always fun, and there's my big hot take for the for the night because I always have to have one. Uh, beyond that, I'm actually looking at matchup-based. Um, besides my double game week guys, I'll take whoever's the cheapest guy on the Miami line, midfield line. Just I'm doing it. I don't care if I hope it's Gomez. That price is way too good. But I will take the cheapest Miami guy that's out there because I think they're all the midfielders are set up to where they can score some points. And I know Busquets is out right now with an injury. Uh, so they did. They did Maybe. say he was good to start. Okay. Well, still <laughs> I don't. I trust him on that one. Coming on a double. <laughs> Pata said it, but but yeah, Go, Gomez yeah. is is the cheapest guy who's projected. Yeah. Busquets' his backup is just as expensive as he is. Moses yeah. is seven point and who wants to deem it anyway? So, but um, Ruiz is probably the other one I'm going to take. Um, but then I was looking around, I was trying to figure out some other guys. Um, I know they've got some midweek games, but I like Facundo Torres. I like this matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, Montreal is something I want to see something before I give any credit to them. I just, okay. I have to see something on the field and Torres is one of the better guys at eight that I like. Um, and I'm in the same boat with Drew Um, 
I want to see something from Minnesota before I really start doing more. Drews, he's involved. And I like the way Austin is setting up this year. I like some of the changes they made. Uh, Rubio's come in. That's just a guy who can easily occupy space and free up stuff if he's playing. If he's not, I just, I like the team. I like the way they spread the field. I think that can take advantage of a Minnesota team that's struggling and may have actually hired a manager this week. Right before MLS kicks off. It's the rumor. Yeah. I mean, we're two days away from the season kickoff. They're, what, five days away, four days away from their first game, and they still don't have a permanent manager in place. I will bet against a team like that all the time. I know they've got good players, but that's a team that's really in flux right now, and I like it. I will will take that one. Uh, Other guy on my list, um, again, I'm going road here but I think you're betting against a team and you're betting into a guy who's played well in this situation. I like Santi Rodriguez to start the season. I know he's 8 million. He's on the road. It's Charlotte, but you never know what you're going to get for Charlotte. You really don't know what you're going to get for New York city. I know, but I will take a playmaking 10. If Santi's in that 10 role, that's good enough for me. Uh, I looked at some of the other guys around and the price points. I don't really want to overpay in week one because I don't know what we're going to do, what we're going to get from these guys. Honey versus um, Red Bull. Like Red Bull's defense, I rate pretty well still. I know it's a home game for Nashville, but they've got that road trip there. Um, Evander is another one. I like that home game, but I've also liked what I saw from Colorado in preseason. I think the team solidified a little bit more than they have in the past. I just, I don't know what to make of Colorado right now. The defense looks a little better. And then you've got a bunch of guys that are just playing those midweek travel games. And I don't know where to go to get the points right now. So I'm looking at some guys that I've trusted in the past that have good matchups for week one. That's fair. Uh, Just trying to wrap up again. You guys did a really good job covering that. Uh, I like Lucho. See see what happens with this first game. Uh, I have him in in the lineup right now. Almada's name that I know you kind of mentioned. I thought you mentioned quickly, Ashley. He's on the road against Columbus. Uh, traditionally, that has been a game that's kind of been crazy with goals uh, both ways. Uh, but there is some of that risk on the road with who we're going to pick with the big players. Plays early, and so that's that's one thing. Maybe you could have him on the bench. Um, Bagunda's at LA Galaxy could be one if you're not looking at at Pooch right there. Um, I think Evander's a, not a bad shout. I also agree that I think Colorado's improved, but he was really clicking near the end of last season. And so there's not been a huge shift in some of what's going on with, with well, Portland. So hear me out though. With the, I mean, I, I've seen him a little bit. So they, they waved me as Gota. They didn't sign a DP striker. Yumi Char is gone. Sebastian Blanco is gone. Evander was a signing that, Felt like it. He should be fantastic. I remember sitting here at this point last year saying, "I'm going to be so pissed." But it sounds like this. This is a ten, and this is a legit guy, and blah 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 blah. Um, and he had moments of that, right? Like we talked about him a lot last year. He had really flashy ten fun fantasy team moments, but he was so inconsistent, and he was really off and on with Saravese. So I think some of it depends on how how he fits into Phil Neville's system. That's something that's important to remember, right? They're going to have to start yep. a van. He's their DP and they've lost three of their other valuable, right? Their valuable attacking options. 
um, with Nia's Gota and Yimmy and Blanco, right? Uh, so it's just, I'm hesitant with him. That's a good matchup. They're at home, but it's a new coach. It's a new system. Um, it's no real new signings, right? Like they didn't bring anybody in. They didn't bring in a striker to score for him or anything like that. Um, so I'm not in any way trying to, you know, just shit on Portland, but that one makes me a little nervous because he, ha he was not consistent for us last year. It looks like it should be a good matchup opportunity. Um, but you know, it's basically just what him and Mora and really old Diego Chara, um, you know, bringing up that midfield. So he's, he's one that for me needs a little bit of proving. I feel obligated to just appease Tyler here and say that I'm not picking up Pedro de la Vega week one. At <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I don't think that anybody should do it. I'm already several times this episode have gone against our new guys don't make our team in opening round, you know, format. Pedro de la Vega looks great. He's not making my team. Great price point. Great price point. Not making my team. I just need to, I just need to say it. All right. No, great, great discussion. You guys have covered a lot of players uh, and good, good comments about Evander. Yeah. He did sort of disappoint previously uh, in, in that system as well. So, uh, great options right there. Let's move on to forwards now. And I know I had Ashley as starting, but she did twice because you were gone, Blaine. So I'll let you kick this one off, Blaine. Yeah. So my question really comes down to, do I risk not taking Messi in week one? I talked about the value game. I This is a team that their preseason run, their tour through China or whatever, was kind of a disaster. Oh, it was terrible. Don't get Reed started. Reed could do a whole sub episode. I could. Like, I I want to like Miami. I want to pick Messi. Everything about me says, let's do this. But I look at this team. I look at what the MLS crew put out. I look at you've got a 5.5 million midfielder in Gomez who's supposed to be starting on the wing. He's starting in the middle of the eight. Yeah. He's Gregory. He's starting in the middle of the eight. Yeah. But I, I just I look at all of this and I go, are these guys going to be sharing too many points? You've got Alba and Yedlin on the outside wingbacks that are going to push forward. You've got Gressel that they have to fit in there somehow. Who's getting the points? Where are these coming from? Like, I just don't know what to make of Miami right now. Is Messi going to do messy things? Yes. Is it going to be enough to overcome 10 million in week one after a disaster in preseason? I don't know. I just I don't know. And so. The elephant in the room is do you take Messi or not? I think the vast majority of the league of the game is going to captain Messi week one because that's what you do right now. You pick a you pick the best double game week player you can find, Messi, and you captain him. You know, all I'm saying is happy to help out with their cap space and and snag Yedlin for our right back at Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I just, I don't know. So like, that's going to be my debate until Wednesday night. And maybe it's when I see the lineups, I'll make a decision. Beyond that, I'm looking at a couple other players. A uh, guy I wanted to look at and the question I had, it's what's going on with Buanga right now? The MLS has got him started out wide. If he does the Vela thing where he's like, oh, he's your best player, but then they start moving him around the formation to fit him in wherever he can. If he starts out wide, if that's what we're going to see from the graphics, and again, I'm taking this off of MLS. They had their their 
preseason primers or whatever and the previews for every team. And they've got him out wide with who is it up top? Uh with Unhell up top. I don't know. I if if Buanga's out wide, I kind of want to see what he does. I trust him. But for that price point in week one, if he's not playing that natural striker role that he likes, I just don't know if I trust him. Like, those are my two big questions. It's going to take seeing lineups in order for me to really make a decision. Thankfully, LA's in the earlier one. If he's starting up top dead center against Seattle at home, I will take it. Like, Can I just say, as a Seattle fan, death, taxes, Denis Buanga scores on Seattle Sounders. Yeah. Like, I'm very trusting in the defense, even away. It's a big rivalry match for the Sounders, but Denis Buanga yeah. scores goals against the Sounders. Yeah. It's consistent. Yeah, and if if he's up top, if he's that starting striker, he's yeah. in my. If he's out wide, I'm going to hesitate at that price point. I just can't help it. Mm-hmm. So beyond that, I'm looking at some cheaper guys. Um, I like Bupenza this week. I think the Toronto matchup is great. I think you get him some consistency in there. You get him some playmakers behind him. He'll be fine. Um, Duncan McGuire is another one that's made my short list. Um, I like the price point. I like what I saw from him last year. I think at home to Montreal is a good matchup this week. Saves a little bit of money. Um, again, I'm betting against teams. I've got Zardes on my short list because of how in flux uh, Minnesota has been. It's one of those, what do, you, what do you expect from them? And I don't know. I like what I'm seeing from Austin with the way they're lining this up. Rigoni out wide, Finley out wide. You've got um, Rubio in there now who can come in and make some changes and play a little different with these guys. I think it's going to open up the game a little bit for Austin, and I think Austin's going to be a little better than they were last year. And then the other guy I kind of wanted this week, just because I know RSL's playing the midweek, but then they've got to travel. I like Klaus versus RSL this week but I'm worried about that midweek travel and what that looks like. I may be watching that game, see how much he plays and just watching the stat lines from the midweek just to see what St. Louis looks like. But Klaus was another one that was on my short list, just going into RSL. who's having to open the season with two games as well. Ashley. I'm going to just go into mine because I don't want to make Get into a classic Ashley and Blaine back and forth. <laughs> Zardes and Maguire. But, um, I mean, M- Maguire went back and forth and back and forth like freaking Carmen San Diego. He's not going to play the whole game. And he was never a legitimate striker in the first place. And no one ever took him seriously last year. We'd throw him in the team. Easily the best 4.0 starting player that fantasy has seen in in several years as far as production. But... I don't even think that Jesse Zardes is going to start. I don't even think he, I don't even know if he'll come into the game. Um, But, you know, I think that it's, it's, you know, it's interesting, Blaine. It's always interesting. Um, As far as Messi goes, I don't know. I I feel like I'm the Homer Messi person here, and that's not the role I ever envisioned for myself. Um, But I guess that's just where I'm at. So I think that Leo Messi, with the matchups he has, even with the preseason, there's just something different about him. I don't think you can trap him into prices and predictions and 
anything like that. He is a player that doesn't fit a box. And so I'm not going to captain him, um, but I think it's interesting to have him as a striker. It's just one other note that, you know, I'd love to give that no one will care that I have. Um, but you pick him up. I don't care if he's 10 million. You substitute that with other prioritizers on your team. He's a player in your team. If you don't think he's going to produce, put him on the bench. But I think the upside to Messi outweighs the disappointment. And I think I'll just be a broken record about this all year. And if he proves me wrong, I'll be shocked because he's freaking messy. And so I just think you have him and you start him. And if you don't want to start him, I can hear that. But to not have him, to me, even at $10 million, doesn't make any sense. He's one of, if not the greatest players to ever play soccer, and he still is. Even with a disastrous preseason, none of that meant points for me. This does. So I'm not taking everything on a grandiose international travel, injured players, crazy ordeal that was their preseason. I'm looking at at home against RSL and then away to LA Galaxy, who last season was a dumpster fire. Do I like Lionel Messi against either of those teams? And the answer is yes. And so he's in my lineup, no questions asked. Chicho Aranjo, Arango, another player you know I love. Um, I was so happy when he came back to MLS last year. Um, with Krylak, I mean, like, Krylak wasn't a striker, but with Krylak out, um, you know, and, and Severino too, I think that this is kind of going to, everything should go through him. I think, um, for RSL, 8.5, he's in my team. I think, you know, he's someone that should be in a lot of teams. Um, I've seen a lot of Cucho money going around. Um, I'm going Christian Ramirez for Columbus. He's 6.5 and he should start. Um, and that's just price rise money for me. I, Cucho to me, I think will end up being like a must own every week player, he really started to show us that last year. I'm really looking forward to a season with both he and Rossi. Um, but just to kind of like, and not to like give away how, you know, my sausage is made on, on my in my decision making. But for me, um, you know, to have to decide between Cucho and Rossi every week this week or every week this year at the striker position is going to be tricky. It was so great when Rossi came into the game as a midfield due to, I think, my manifestation, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. That was helpful, right? Because we don't have a Zell Ryan anymore in the system. And so the two best point producers, I think, across this season for Columbus, who should be a good team this year, um, are going to be Cucho and Rossi. But Christian Ramirez, if he can just get himself in the right spot at the right time, projected-wise, he's the striker. Preseason, that's where he's been. Most of the time. Um, so at 6.5, I just think that that is a price that I like when it comes to week one, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and talk you into Christian Ramirez over Cucho in week 15. Um, but for week one, <laughs> for price rising and all those things, um, Atlantic can be kind of hit or miss. Um, and so I think you could validate spending the money on Cucho because there's a chance he gets 12 points out of this game. But for me, I'm trying to kind of spend that money elsewhere because, like I said, <clears throat> at the top of player picks is I most likely will run a no scrub, no keeperoo lineup this week, but not at the extent of good picks. And so for me, throwing Ramirez in instead of 
Cucho is a good way to save money, but also still hopefully produce some points. Yeah, that all makes sense. All makes sense. Uh, let's see here. I will wrap this one up. Uh, mostly it was it was Bawanga, and you already covered that there. Uh, I'll chime in with uh, the Messi spot. What what I like about Messi, I have Messi. What I, what I like about Messi is That's when you when you look at the two teams that he's playing, <clears throat> RSL has some new defensive pieces, struggled at defense, and so even if he's playing seventy minutes, um, I think there'll be opportunities <clears throat> for for Messi in that game. First of first game in front of their their fans opening, he's, he's got to play, or we're gonna. Yeah. We saw what happened in China with with the riot. Like that's. Or at least the, the booze. Like he's he's gonna have to play in that game at least some. So I think we'll see him in that game, and I think he has opportunities to score there. Gets a few days rest in there before going traveling to LA. And LA, they've got some new attacking pieces that I think a lot of us are excited to see. Uh, and um, they're not just building off of retirees in in Europe anymore, which is kind of Miami's thing now. Uh, but they have some weakness at center back in in LA and they have some weakness in that defense. And I think that's something Messi could exploit. And so that's why I like him. And that's why I think he's worth putting him in your team. The other reason why I like him, we'll talk uh, very soon in our next segment. Uh, otherwise, no, I think you guys touched on a lot. I'm, I am not sure if I'm going to have three forwards this week though. This may be a time where I'm looking more for a three, five, two or a four, four, two for, um, for my for my overall composition, just looking at where bonus points tend to come, and just looking at some of the players that may or may not produce with this new system, uh, and maybe more of a balanced four four two kind of thing. I'm not sure if this necessarily has to be a three forward system, which are still very boomer bust kind of guys uh, within our game here. I'm going right. to agree with you there, Reed, because I think there are a lot of good value defenders that should price rise that should start. Yeah. I think a, I honestly do. I think a striker sub might be scrub might be the best spot to go this week if you're gonna go scrub because you can you can't find a cheap striker, but you can find a lot of well not a lot, a good amount of cheap defenders this week. It's hard to find a cheap striker, but you can definitely find two double game week strikers. So that's mm -hmm. that potentially adds up and makes up for some of that difference there. I found I found my cheap striker that I would go with this week. Oh, here it is. Go ahead, Blaine. Who is it? I was I was replaying money if I put Messi in my team just because I tinker all through the show. Sure. I actually think a guy that's going to kind of fly under the radar and cheat to start the season, and since I don't know when I'm going to be next on the show, um, Kamungo out of Dallas, 6.0, starting winger, uh, supposed to be ahead of Areola, had some really good games last year, and if he has indeed locked down that starting spot like it's projected that he has, a 6.0 starting winger up there is going to be decent value for a while. His highs were incredibly high last year as well. Oh, I just saw someone mention Chicago in chat, and I completely forgot to mention this in the last section. So sorry. Uh, Shakiri in Chicago. I know we're not looking at a whole bunch of Chicago, but he's on set pieces kind of cheap, so there's another value person. Sorry, should have put it up it's there, but... Cheap just, for a reason. Yeah, I know. I know, exactly. But bench, bench, you never know. He's not set yeah. pieces. He's not set pieces. Yeah, like that, 100%. That's, that's, I think he takes PKs, and I hear you. One, one well, to shout him out. Totally striker. forgot. Saw Chicago Do we know the with the new striker at Chicago? Does, do we know that he doesn't take set pieces? 
we expect from what we've seen so far that is Shakiri. Okay. The great, the great Discord we. All right, let's wrap everything up. Uh, this one we knew was going to run a little bit longer. Let's wrap everything up with our captain's picks for round one, starting with Ashley. From from me, it's Chicho, but I think I will get in my own head when lineups drop and consider Messi. But for me, it's one of the two of them. Um, also, I never enjoy captaining a forward, but I'm considering only two forwards. Midfielders to start this season are weird for me. There's some price issues, some matchup issues, some they play internationally midweek issues. So for me, it's Messi or Chicho are the only ones I'm considering at all. Blaine. Yeah, like I'm I was tinkering, so I put Messi back in. Like I think Messi captain is the only one that really makes sense from the attacking play in the double game week. I just can't do it. If it's not him, maybe Ruiz and try to get the double points for a guy who's gonna do it. Um I just don't I don't know. I don't like any of this. I don't like week one captains. I think it's just gonna default to Messi and I'm gonna have him because I'm an Argentina fanboy in general. And it's just it would hurt me too much if I don't have Messi in my team week one. But my head is saying don't risk the money. I was gonna say in the opening of the section you talked about how he's too much money, but now you're back now you're on board. That's what Lionel Messi does to you. He will get you on board even when you don't want to be. I know this is going to be a tough one. I mean, this is, this is the third thing I was going to mention about Messi before. Like you got the RSL defense match. You got the LA galaxy defense match. He's also going to be likely the highest captain player in the game. So if you go with Messi, you are not putting yourself behind. We talk about the value game of putting yourself behind. If you go with Messi, he will very likely be captain because of the double game week. You are, very likely not going to be putting yourself behind the eight ball for other players. So I think hundred percent Messi is likely the number one captain uh, going with number two. I think due to it being a DGW uh, it has to be either Arango or Ruiz coming in at number two. I mean, I think your one and two players have to be uh, a DGW right there. And then number three, I think is Cucho. I mean, I think it's going to be those forwards right there with the home game coming up the cup against Atlanta, which has had some huge uh, points in the past. So I think those are, are people that were, people are going to be looking at, uh, but very interested to see what comes with the discord player poll this, this week. And from Skylar's article with, with the thoughts right there coming in from MLS official, because uh, this is a tough week. This is a tough week with the, with the scoring changes with uh, some, some unknowns at midfield. Otherwise I would love to captain a midfielder, just not really sure the lineups RSL having two away games also makes me hesitant with giving them a captain as well. So it, for me, it also falls down the messing. So looking over at a chat um, yeah, Tyler mentions Gressel might not start both games. I know people might've looked for him playing more in center midfield as well. So good for being a defender, getting some of the bonus points, not sure about how his points are going to rack up though with some of the, the point changes. So not so sure about that. Uh, not really see some people think about Lucho, as the captain uh, could very well be see what happens after his midweek game going up against Toronto is, is a team that can be exploited. That would be a good opportunity right there. Bupins has done pretty well. Some midfield reinforcements have helped where it was some of that possession that's been an issue last year, but not having that starting a defense is, is going to be a factor right there. So uh, otherwise not saying anything else, but there's still a couple of days 
to think. So plenty of time right there. McMath, McMath captain from, from Eli. Oh, uh, that would be nuts. That would be nuts. I mean, goalkeeper captain, that could be fun. We'll see what happens. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure having you here. I hope you got some good, valuable tips as you're building your round one team. More information will be coming out, uh, but we're going to wrap everything else up tonight with our plugs. Blaine. Yeah. Um, I just love this community. Um, wanted to plug Discord. It's been fun getting back involved. Uh, just wanted to take this time as well to say, like, the reason I'm still around is the community. I'm having such a hard time just breaking away. Um, as Reed kind of hinted at, I've been busy this year. Uh, my kids were on the show early on. If you were on video, you got to see them around. Life has just gotten a little crazy with having two kids and everything going on with us. That I've decided I'm going to step back just a little bit this year and try to do about half time. So you won't see me as much. But feel free to ping me on Discord or Twitter and ask questions. I'm still involved. I'm still going to play. I just, I can't, I need to dedicate the time to my family a little bit more this year than I have in years past. And being on the show every week has been a little bit of a struggle as the kids are starting to get a little older. So I'm stepping back a little bit. That's why you haven't seen me. I wanted you all to hear it from me. There's no, nothing bad, nothing crazy going on in my life. Just choosing to spend some more time with family than be on the show every week. I'm going to miss it. I told Reed early on when we were talking about it, I was like, I need to do halftime. It's like, I will do as much as I can. But realistically, I need to be set back to about halftime on the show going forward because I would be here every week if it was my choice. But I need to do some other things and change my priorities just a little bit. So I'm playing. I'm still answering questions. I'm still helping in the community and doing what I can. But I'm going to be just a little less time around the show and on Twitter and stuff. But if you ping me, I will respond. That's one of the best things about this community is you can get a hold of people even if they're not as active as they used to be. So good luck, everybody. I will see you when I see you on the show. And I'm looking forward to another great year. Ashley. Yeah, I just want to give a plug for people like Skylar and everyone that contributes the way that he does for being in a in a thankless role in a in a game that a lot of people care a lot about um and i know that there's so much work that goes into the start of a season getting the game ready to launch evaluating prices and points and all of those things and um you know as someone who's played this game about if not over 10 years um i just really appreciate that side of things and i don't think that um skylar and the people that work with him get a, get enough kind of kudos um, for all of the things that they do, they get a lot of, why isn't this and when will that? Um, but, you know, the game's back for another year and it's something that we all love doing. And so just kudos to them. Um, and just kudos to him uh, for getting us, you know, another season of, of MLS Fantasy. And I and I should say, not to be like a huge downer, but uh, the system only shows about 6,000 people in the game so far for a game that starts on Wednesday, which is considerably lower than we were used to seeing. So if you know, if you have friends that are playing uh, or that have thought about playing, get them in there. Um, and it only helps to have, you know, more people play this game that we love to play and love to talk about. And of course, for me, again, thank you so much for everyone who joined us tonight. I uh, can't help but plug the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord community. It is a fantastic place with all kinds of great resources that are all community driven. Uh, it is, is absolutely the place to go to to find information and to participate in our MLS Fantasy community. MLSFantasyBoss.com. We have the articles coming back out. We had uh, MLS Night Owls article that came out today. 
Uh, I'll have my switcheroo video link there as well later. Uh, we can see Ranchinators differentials coming out tomorrow, as well as the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord player poll, which is your opportunity to see what players in our Discord community are considering some of their go-to picks. I tend to post some of the usually the the top recommended feedback that we get from there. And any player with about 20% of the vote gets gets listed there. So a little bit different approach than what you may see over at the MLS site. So that information is popping up there as well. And of course, the MLS Fantasy uh, Insider Patreon, you can go there and check out a way to for you to become a part of this community more directly to support what we are doing and just help keeping it grow because it has been a fantastic ride. Uh, we are lucky to have friends within MLS who are supporters for us, uh, friends who participate in the activities that we have. And as long as there is a game, we will be here to have fun and uh, just glad to have you a part of that. So we got a long season ahead of us. Hope that this information helped and for the first time officially with the season. As always, good luck. Mm -hmm.